here. Check it, yeah. We in this together. A Spelmanite is a warrior fighting for justice. We can never be silent, so yeah, we causing a ruckus. Lift our voices up to bring injustice down. Speaking truth to power. We love in the sound, undaunted by the fight, love is all we need. It's time to clear out the air so we all can breathe. Ain't no stopping us, we stick together. This bond is gonna last forever, marching every day until we free. That's our buried treasure. You are now listening to For the Record, a Blue Record miniseries. Hi, my name is Ty Livingston. I'm a senior dance major, film minor from Atlanta, and I am head archivist of the Blue Record. Hi, I am Kiara Barton, and I am also a part of the archivist team for the Blue Record podcast. Hi, uh, my name is Alicia Furman. I am a sophomore um, English major from upstate New York, and I am an archives intern. Hi, my name is Macy Thames. I'm a senior international studies major, and I am also a part of the archivist team. Thank you for listening. And today we'll be discussing discussing Atlanta's cop city. Um, it's my pleasure to introduce Anaya Baines, one of our Blue Record members, as today's guest and the creator of this episode. Hi, my name's Anaya Baines. I'm a graduating senior English and French double major and I am the director of Tech Ops for The Blue Record. So before we get started with this episode, how is everybody? We're doing a little mental health check-in. Mentally, I'm feeling pretty um, tired. The semester is winding up, and because I recently changed my major, I'm taking just a lot of English classes, so it's a lot of reading and pop quizzes and things, but um, definitely um, excited to see where this major takes me. I'm doing pretty good. I feel like the weather has been throwing me off a little bit, but other than that, I'm feeling really good. Yeah, I can definitely agree. The weather is has been dreary for a bit, but the few sunny days I can get, I really, really enjoy. Yeah, I'm very thankful for the sun for yesterday, but I definitely feel like I'm in the senior slump part of the semester. I'm ready to graduate and I'm ready to be done with this, with all of this work. It's becoming a lot heavy on the senior slump. I do like too many things probably, but most of it is to fund my lifestyle, so I feel a little overwhelmed right now, but I I still feel happy. Well, I'm glad you still feel happy and everybody's doing okay. Um, So Anaya, can you, you know, uh, give us some info on what Cop City is? Yeah. So Cop City is officially known as the Public Safety Training Center, which is a whole piece of propaganda in and of itself. Um, But it's a $90 million facility to train Atlanta's police and firefighters. So they're going to destroy acres of trees in the Wilani Forest to create a mock city for police and firefighters to practice I guess the skills that they need, quote unquote skills that they need um, to do their jobs. And it was publicly announced on September 8th in 2021, uh, but the Atlanta Police Foundation has been working on this since 2017. 
and in September of 2021, there was a uh, final vote on this proposal. And despite the majority of residents calling in to oppose the Cop City proposal, the city council barely acknowledged these comments and then approved the proposal 10 to 4. Uh, as I said before, the Atlanta Police Foundation is kind of leading this charge, which is they have obvious vested interest vested interest into this. Um, and the Atlanta Journal Constitution, which is like an, an Atlanta paper, has been publishing a lot of stuff promoting Cop City, but not a single thing that criticizes it. Uh, and you can see why, because its CEO, Alex Taylor, is helping fundraise for Cop City. Um, another portion of the people who are like giving input into Cop City is the Atlanta uh, Committee for Progress. Uh, and a CEO and a member of the Atlanta Committee for Progress threatened the white flight of Buckhead from the city of Atlanta, which is like a whole thing about people in Buckhead wanting to secede and become like their own city. And because it's like white wealthy people, they have a lot of pull and people want to like appease them. And so they're saying we want Cop City because obviously white people with property and wealth love policing because policing protects property instead of people. Um, so like I said, it's a $90 million facility, $30 million is coming from taxpayers, and then the Atlanta Police Foundation pledged to raise $60 million. Um, and then some of the corporate backers of the Atlanta Police Foundation are Wells Fargo, Amazon, Chick-fil-A, Delta, UPS, The Home Depot, Inspire Brands, Georgia State, the Atlanta Hawks and State Farm Arena, Axon Enterprises, Waffle House, and J.P. Morgan. Waffle House and Chick-fil-A. Wow, <laughs> that's insane to me. Uh, Kiara, can you explain a little bit about what the Stop Cop City movement is? Yeah, definitely. So I'm sure by now you all have heard of the Stop Cop City movement. Um, this movement is really decentralized and made up of, of a, a diverse coalition of individuals, Atlanta constituents, grassroots organizers, so it's really able to be inclusive of a lot of different individuals and communities. It has no central leaders or spokespeople. It has no corporate backers or formal nonprofit organizations involved with it. It's really comprised of people all over from Atlanta, um, different Atlanta constituents and things like that. And the tactics of the Stop, C Stop Cop City movement are preschooler led marches, living in the tree canopy and participating in tree sit-ins, damage to property to delay the construction of the training facility. Local community events have also been hosted um, in the forest. And there is investigative research about the environmental effects of the um, police training facility. And there have also been direct confrontation with the police trying to evict forest defenders, which has unfortunately resulted in the criminalization of nonviolent protesters and also the death of nonviolent protesters as well. Um, so yeah, that's a little summary of what the Stop Cop City movement is. Anaya, would you like to provide us with updates from the movement? Yes. Um, so for Cop City, there is a community stakeholder advisory committee that's to give citizen input into the proposal. Um, which I really don't think they listen to that much. Uh, but one member actually quit on the day that police 
ended up killing a forest defender. And then another member recently filed an appeal on February 6th with the DeKalb County Zoning Board of Appeal claiming Cop City would violate a state limit on sed sediment runoff and because its lease gives an inaccurately large number for the amount of green space set aside, which is important because they like try to underscore how much greenery and trees are going to be left alone while they build this uh, cop city but a member of the citizen uh, someone who's giving citizen input a member of the community stakeholder advisory committee is saying that's inaccurate um, and despite this appeal DeKalb County is trying to go through with uh, the lease. I know that many of our listeners might live or not be from Atlanta so they're a little bit confused on why they should really care or why where they come in and all of this in the grand scheme of things but I think people should pay attention to the really violent and scary precedent that this sets for protesters in Atlanta the murder of, of Tortuguita on January 18th and many arrests they charged them with domestic terrorism for a non for a non-violent protest Try, for trying to save the forest and stop further militarization of the police. And that resulted in the police lying about how the murder took place and failing to release the proper footage, proper body cam footage in a respectable amount of time. And the forest, which is Muscogee ancestral land, the Wilani forest is considered one of the four lungs of the city of Atlanta. Um, and as we know, <laughs> We have a culture in America of, like, you know, disregarding natural phenomenon, disregarding natural places in the world to kind of aid in industrialization. And ultimately, it's probably going to have an effect on the environment and how we ourselves are interacting with the environment. Um, there, I'm not sure if there's been any studies done on, like, the, you know, actual, like, respiratory or even, like, you know, anatomical implications of this thing happening, but I'm sure in a few years <laughs> we'll see some studies on that. And also Alex Taylor, who also chairs the Atlanta Committee for Progress, is one of the biggest contributors to gentrification in Atlanta. And gentrification itself begets more policing to protect white and more wealthy people. Um, yeah, and there's a very violent history of the forest like I like I mentioned, 200 years ago, Musk Muskogee people were violently forced out and forced to walk the Trail of Tears. Um, and also, this kind of sets up future nonviolent protests as we ourselves, like, you know, Spelman students, people in the AUC, and just college students in general, it makes it easier for you to be charged as a domestic terrorist for doing nonviolent protests. So I think everybody should keep <laughs> their eye out and be very vigilant and find a way to involve themselves in the protest in order to halt and prevent all of these things from happening. Um, Macy, can you give us some of the broader implications of this construction? Yes, I can. Um, I definitely think when people think of Cop City and they think of Atlanta, they have a pretty narrow view and almost a clouded view of how um, the workings behind it are. I think taking a look at the prison industrial complex is a really great way to understand how this even came about and how this can be possible. Um, so when we think about prisons, we think um, maybe not about how they're supported or funded, but it all is pretty interconnected. Um, 
the police expansion will occur despite human and environmental costs because it's um, supported by media and it's supported by governments as well as big corporations like we mentioned before like Chick-fil-A and even the Falcons um, and so I think taking that into consideration we should also look at where the prison industrial complex ties broader than even the U.S. so into Israel um, and so we have seen how police forces in Israel have been very violent um, and very um, have and Palestinians have struggled for liberation um, against their um, police forces, which is similar in a lot of ways to what we've seen here in America. Um, but the violence that's throughout the um, Israel um, police force can be tied back to Atlanta and tied back to corporations and, um, and organizations that do support Cop City. Um, the industrial complex is often disguised by infrastructures um, that have ties to it. Um, and it seems to affect our lives in certain ways, in different ways, but um, all, overall, it's putting out a system that is not benefiting the people. It's kind of um, putting them in a place where there's always going to be violence. It's not a question of, can we do this without the police? Can we do this without um, threats of harm? And it's just never the case when police are involved. And we can see that um, throughout, again, the nation through history, um, recent history with police crime and violence um, and how police suppress um, protesters. Um, again, we can see how it's similar not only um, in Israel to here, but throughout the nation and even at Spelman um, and throughout the AUC. It doesn't come in necessarily such violent ways, but um, definitely the suppression of student voices, of community voices, um, and that can be seen through the ways that even Spelman's um, protest policy is enacted. Um, it's very strict and it's very, um, it, it's very strict and it promotes um, what we like to think of a peaceful protest, but um, in a lot of ways it silences students, I think. And so it kind of takes out the idea um, of students having a voice and students um, being able to make real changes that um, we can see enacted beyond the AUC community and in um, the West End community, for example. Um, I know at the Crown Forum earlier um, with Morehouse, they were able to get the mayor and the president to sit down and speak to the Morehouse and AUC community. Um, and I think a lot of what was discussed was how Cobb City was created. And we saw AUC, AUC students um, able to come together and protest and speak back and give their concerns. Um, and I think there was a call for abolition, which was overlooked and is often times um, by leaders in our systems, leaders like President Thomas and even the mayor. Um, it seems like abolition is just not an option, but abolition, I think, was kind of underscored in what the students were trying to say. Um, and I know, Anaya, you were able to attend that Crown Forum. Did you have any thoughts about um, abolition ideas or abolition plans that maybe the students uh, were calling for? Yeah, I did go to that over three hour 
waste of time. Um, it was so disheartening to see the lack of imagination in the mayor of Atlanta and in Morehouse's president because everyone wanted to say that like police is the only way like policing is the only way we can we can create safety and for poor people for disabled people for neurodivergent people for people of color in general and specifically black people police do not create environments of safety um we've seen so many times in the news and there are probably hundreds of cases that we don't ever see in the news of where police are murdering or they're um disabling through their violence or their um shooting and then not killing and maiming it's just violence even the act of arrest is violence because once you're arrested you're marked with that for the rest of your life especially in georgia where there's a lot of like um voter suppression and so if you become a felon then you're gonna you can't vote and then that affects black and brown communities and marginalized communities because we're targeted by policing and so it's this vicious cycle but they want to have this i this statement that police is what's going to keep us safe we need to fund police we need to build them this huge facility because they are the reason that we can feel safe uh, when there are so many more steps before crime is committed that you can take to make sure that places are safe you can fund youth programs you can make sure that people have housing make sure that people have enough to eat people are not people are stealing because there's a need maybe there's some stealing that's just to fund a lifestyle but why would someone need to steal in the first place we don't think about that question we don't think about like why is violence being committed what conditions are we creating in atlanta that makes violence prevalent those questions aren't asked it's what can we do after something is committed and that's like the whole weird way of thinking because policing does not beget lesser violence. It just creates state-sanctioned violence. And that was so annoying. Did anyone else have any thoughts on the forum? Um, I did have some thoughts. I wasn't able to attend, but um, getting some briefings from other students and um, being able to tune in to some things via the live stream it just seems like there was such like a lack of care from President Thomas and even the mayor. And I feel like in a lot of ways, what the students were doing was really great. And I just think like the timing of it was almost just off because I feel like their demands, like the demands that we um, saw from Morehouse students and um, from organizations at Spelman who submitted their um, demands to President Gale. It just seemed like, just like the timing was off. I feel like if it had been sooner, the impact of it could have been greater, if that makes sense. Because I feel like now, I mean, purposely, they have put out announcements and they have set up certain deadlines that the public just didn't know about. So I think that hindered how protesters protesters were able to organize and effectively um, get their demands met. But I just think that had this been earlier on in the process of Cop City, then it would have been much more effective. And that's kind of what I took away in a very broad sense from the forum. 
Um, I didn't attend the forum in person, but I was on the live stream for not that long. It was a lot, but um, I did. I always note the way that people or the presidents of our um, institutions kind of react to these like big happenings, like during the protests when COVID first started, um, after the murder of George Floyd, and then when two like AUC students were assaulted they still refused to <laughs> condemn APD for the violence that occurred. And still now they're refusing to denounce Cop City, which I think is an issue. If you are the president of an all black institution with people that are about to go into the world and have to encounter these things over and over again, I feel like these places should you know kind of operate as a safe haven for like you know to not be afraid of you know over policing and not be condemned for wanting to express their right to protest because our protest um policies in the AUC are not where they should be right now um and yeah it was just I guess I didn't not expect it because, you know, I've lived in Atlanta my whole life and I understand that the dollar in capitalism functions in ways that people just, people in, from other places or in other places cannot understand. And yes, it's still like, you know, collaborating with functions of like race and like, you know, hierarchies. It's just sad to see how much money and how much investments can stop people from admitting their wrongs and protecting the next generation of black people that will be affected by this over-policing and that will eventually create more reactionary violence. Yeah, I agree with what you guys said. And I also wanna say that like, the Stop Cop City movement has been going basically as long as we've, as long as it's been publicly announced. People in Atlanta and people outside of Atlanta have been making their voices heard and have been trying to defend the forest and stop this act of violence and warfare from happening. Even like I said earlier, there was the um, council meeting and citizens overwhelmingly were like, we don't want this, don't build it. And they didn't listen. They like half listened, heard the things, and then barely commented on it or, or acknowledged that people don't want this to happen, and then they voted to pass it. And that's unacceptable. So it's like, it, feel, it feels like a sort of helplessness when you do what you can within these structures, and then they don't listen to you even when you say, this is not what we want, we're the people who live here, we don't want this. And I'm not even someone who's from Atlanta, I'm from Jersey. But when I see people who live in Atlanta specifically talking about how they don't want this and then the government in place not listening, it's like, who are you working for? It should be your constituents, but obviously it's the police and corporations because money talks, like Ty said. Um, and I asked a question in the forum. I was like, I mentioned Tortuguita and his murder and how um, when it happened, Mayor Dickens commented and, and wished a speedy recovery to the trooper who was shot um, in that interaction. And the police narrative from the jump was that Tortuguita had a gun, he shot first, and that's why the police shot at him. Um, when the videos that have now come out show that's not the case, the police are like, in the videos it's implied that 
the trooper who was shot was shot by friendly fire from other police. Um, but what I mentioned in my question was that the mayor wished a speedy recovery to the trooper, but he didn't even mention Tortuguita and how someone was murdered that day. There were no well wishes to the family, no, no um, sorry for your loss, nothing. And so when I asked the question, he was like, I hate it when anyone dies. I don't care how it happens. Blah, blah, blah. Any life loss is a tragedy. Blah, blah, blah. And then he stood up and he like, it was all such a performance, but he stood up and he looked at me and he's like, I'm sorry that it happened. That young man shouldn't have died. Is that what you wanted to hear? Now you can go off and say that I've addressed it. And that, I, that was so disgusting to me because I shouldn't have to tell you to say, I'm sorry someone's life was lost or to wish condolences when there is a murder that has occurred. Espe especially if you're wishing a speedy recovery to a police officer who was not murdered, who just got injured, but someone lost their life that day and there was nothing for you to say. That was disgusting to me. And then the idea that now it's all okay because now that you've been called out on it and you make up this fake speech about how you're so sorry when anyone dies ever and it really hurts your heart, but obviously it didn't hurt you enough to say anything that day. And it was, it was just so sickening to me how condescending and how fake it all was. Yeah, there was definitely a huge condescending tone from the mayor and President Thomas. Like, but that's how I feel like it often is for like faculty like in the AUC who aren't a part of like student like unions or student organizations that do protest it's just that kind of like oh yeah like you can do this and that's cute like I'll hear you out but it's just for show and for a narrative yeah I really agree with everything that you guys said and it is just so disappointing and disheartening to see our leadership at these institutions and within the community consistently choose to care more about private property and just overall the, the prison industrial complex more than people and the environment. It's so, so disappointing. And I feel like this issue and even the forum is really indicative of like the pervasiveness of interlocking systems of oppression that are present under capitalism or more specifically as Bell Hooks would call it, white supremacist capitalist patriarchy. So I just really feel like it's disappointing and I really appreciate you guys all sharing your thoughts and not being disenfranchised, not to care about the issue or protest about the issue or vocalize your feelings about it. Because I do feel like this issue really shows the importance of intentionality and consistently being involved within your community, specifically with MPUs, community orgs, different community leaders, and just being able to like contact your district person. So. Yeah, I really appreciate all you guys' thoughts. Thank you. I just wanted to, I'm sorry. I sat in there for three hours, so I have a lot to say about the forum. But like even how it was set up, it was set up so that the, um, the Morehouse president talked. And he was like doing that thing that people of a certain generation love to do where it's like nobody listens to anybody anymore. Meanwhile, one side is saying we deserve the right to live and then the other side is saying we deserve the right to murder you and it's like you guys don't want to listen yeah I don't want to listen to someone who wants me dead or in a prison that's like I think that should be clear 
and then it was one more house student got to speak and he had five minutes and no other students were supposed to like be on the podium and talk and then it was a professor who was also denouncing cop city and then it was the sga rep and then um the mayor got to have his talk and then another representative from um atlanta government got to talk about basically propaganda about cop city and how it's not that bad and there's a lot of disinformation and actually it's a good thing and oh my gosh the training center for the police has been in disrepair for so long like we care like what they showed is no worse than how hbcu dorms be looking and then we're supposed to care and say oh yeah the police deserve a 90 million dollar facility it was it was so gross yeah and it's it's really, <laughs> I mean, it's coming from a black mayor, so you would think it would be a little bit different, but we know it's not. Um, but the way, like, you know, white supremacy functions in, like, this city is just, it's always beyond me, like, trying to convince us that an institution that started from, like, patty rollers and slave catchers way back, like, you know, antebellum south, that it still deserves to function in our society today and that it's not some inherently violent, you know, system when it is. I just, <laughs> I, I urge everybody to follow and keep up with the Stop Cop City uh, movement by following Defend Atlanta Forest and stop and at Stop Cop City on Instagram and at Defend Atlanta Forest on Twitter. Please attend these meetings. Please just be vigilant. Please advocate for people in Atlanta that are, their voices are very rarely heard or listened to or understood. Um, Alicia, can you please tell us some more action items that we can complete in order to stop Cop City and remain involved in the movement? Um, yeah, uh, so some action items that it's really important to consider in order to try to stop um, Cop City would be to email and phone blast um, council members and contractors, um, people, like um, those representatives that were at the forum at Morehouse, um, people working directly under Mayor um, Dickens. Um, also, it can be important to send letters to the jailed forest defenders and protesters. Um, you could donate to the Atlanta um, Solidarity Fund and follow um, Defend Atlanta Forest or Stop Cop City on Instagram um, and Twitter. Um, it's also really important to attend NPU meetings um, so according to the Atlanta City Council, um, uh, NPU, I'm sorry, a neighborhood planning unit is a unit that basically, it, the city of Atlanta is divided into 25 NPUs and citizen advisory councils make recommendations to the mayor and the city council on zoning, land use, and other planning issues. Um, so basically they're the official avenue for residents to express concerns and provide input and the developing plans to address the needs of each neighborhood, as well as to receive updates from the government. And they also give out free classes on community advocacy, organizing, and leadership. Um, our NPUs, um, I'm sorry, our NPU chairperson is Angela Clyde. And I know that we're in district four, so our representative is Jason um, Dozier. So it's also important to try to contact um, one of them if you can, and their information is probably either on the Atlanta City Council website, or you could just do a deep dive Google search for their Instagram information. Thank you for that, Alicia. Um, if anybody, does anybody have any closing remarks or any ideas that were left unsaid? Cop City, the Cop City we're talking about right now is in Atlanta. 
but cop cities are like all every city is a cop city new york is a cop city they're practicing violence they're practicing their warfare tactics they're practicing murdering black and brown uh neurodivergent disabled people all the time that's why we have police brutality statistics police murder statistics this training facility is just an egregious uh overreach of police uh influence but it could happen anywhere. It's happening in Atlanta right now, but it beca- it could happen to somewhere where you live at any point because America and conservatives are trying to bring us into a police state. And we're inching towards that, but they're really trying to put pedal to the metal. So if you think that you shouldn't care about Atlanta's cop city, you should, because if this happens, they're gonna try to do it where you are. And then they're gonna try to do it to the next place. And then policing will be so ubiquitous and so violent and they'll have honed their violence that it will be inescapable. So yeah, you should care. So that was our episode on Cop City. Thank you for listening. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at The Blue Record. Please read our blog, theblurecordpodcast.com and listen and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and anywhere else podcasts are available. Bye. Thank you.